What'd you say about my head, Bob? It's a big honking noggin. (laughs) If your noggin comes knocking, don't answer the door. Entry music. It's the Bob and Josh show. Welcome to episode 238. Layoffs. Oof. Layoffs and more layoffs. They are hitting everybody, especially in the agile community. Bob and I share some thoughts, some history, some current issues that we're wrestling with in that same space. So if it hits you, don't worry, you're not alone. We're here to help you. This episode should help. But also, if you're unsure where to go, you can always reach out to us on Discord or just reply to wherever you see this. Twitter, Instagram, whatever you find us, we're here. But also, I could use a gig or two. So if you know somebody that needs some of my special skills, let me know. It would help a lot right now. All right, everybody, relax. Take a deep breath. We're going to help everybody be calm through all of this layoff chaos. Here we go. Layoffs. Layoffs. Uh, Layoffs. A lot of discussion in my moose herd online about Capital One. I don't know if we've talked about Capital One. Capital One, they laid off 1,100 people. Agile, a lot of, all of those layoffs were Agile-centric roles. Like roles. 1,100 Agile-centric roles? Yeah. Holy cow like release agile release manager agile rte they were safe shop whatever scrum masters i guess i think mm-hmm. all coaches were gone uh, but if you had i think they got rid of all and their logic was the the brief logic was we're agile now so those things are the work is done. Into, yeah the, well it's it's in our dna now we don't need separate roles every team member their dna is agile and they get it and they don't need scrum masters or whatever they let go of but but that's there's other layoffs there's tech layoffs but in the that's a layoff sort of in the agile community that's creating a lot of turbulence and i and people are let now it's driving fear if that makes sense like that's that's a trend because it's capital one and they they were a bell so i was inspired a comment that came in my mind with all this angst out there is what do you do if you're laid off and how do you get through the chaos metacasters? So that was, that's the theme for today or the topic for today. The other thing that I'm, I'm really, I'm going to just shut up for a little while is Josh. I mean, you, you, well, you nailed this because you've been going through a journey of layoffs and transitions and pivots and things like that. So how do you maintain calmness in that chaos? What are some things you've tried to do? You know, what's been interesting is in the past week, I've had three different people ask me how I forecasted the future of the job market and when it's going to turn around. Because if you rewind six months ago, a year right. ago, it was completely the opposite. People were jumping from job to job for tens exactly. of thousands of dollars more. And yeah. that quickly turned. And my response has consistently been admittedly very agile. I have no idea what the future's going to hold, when it's going to flip, if it's going to dive, if it's going to shoot up, who knows what's going to happen. I know I don't have enough brain power and time cycles to figure that out. And it might be a thing that can't be figured out. So all I'm doing is I am adding resiliency to my revenue streams. One of the things that caught me in the past month or so is reliance on a single stream and 
when that dropped off because of things like this, where there was a decision to not invest in 2023 in one of the big directions that a company wanted to go that I was going to help with, I banked a lot on that. I was partnering with a company. They were saying, hey, this is, this is, we're just basically waiting for the ink to dry and we're going to be good. And it'll be a nine, nine to 12 month thing. Money was great. So I put a lot of stock in that and ended up losing. So over the past month and a half, I, I've been really investing in diversifying the way that I earn money in a handful of different ways, which has been an interesting challenge because those are longer term bets, but they're short term needs that I have as like just paying the bills that I've got to try and balance of making sure that I'm investing in myself. It's like there's tech debt that's out there and I have to invest in that with myself while also building that next feature of actually getting a job. Well, I'm trying to walk that really thin line to make sure that I can secure income in the next like week or two. By the way, if anybody would like to hire me for consultative services, please reach out and let me know. So that's the thing, but also making sure that when things like this happen, I'm in a much better spot. And it really is the old saying of it's better to have a thousand customers that are paying $1 than one customer that's paying a thousand dollars. And that's right. where I put myself in at the end of 22 and start of 23 that put me in a rough spot. And I knew it. And I thought it was an intelligent bet that I was making, but I still ended up. I think there's, so having a one of the things that happened to me when I incorporated in 2000, it was after a layoff at Lucent and Bell Labs. And uh, it was just, it was not one thing I did, but it was the realization I had, and it aligns with what you said, is I had, I mean, I had a job, I had a permanent job. And so all of my eggs were in permanently working. And then the telecom industry burst, the bubble burst in 2000. And there, there was massive layoffs in that space. Now I wasn't bedded to that space, but that's where I was. So it had a, you know, it created turbulence for finding, uh, moving to other domains and that, and I started a lot of things then, but one of them was incorporating and I never regretted that. So I, so from that day forward, I had two alter egos. I had a permanent job alter ego sometimes, sometimes I was laid off, but I always had Bob Galen Inc that I could, and there may not be a lot of revenue there, there was revenue. Sometimes there was revenue. Sometimes there wasn't, but I was never unemployed. If that makes sense. I, I never, I was always employed and that mattered to me. It was like, it, it was, I had streams, I had options. So I think that's part of, I think one of the recommendations to Metacasters, if you're caught up in a layoff is, is to use it as a springboard to start dovetailing your options. Even, even if you want a full-time job, you can't put all your eggs in that basket. So you're developing your skill set, et cetera, or, or try to develop your skill set. And it's, it's never, you know, what you can always say this, it's never been easier to start a side gig. Um, I have been investing time in side gig websites like Upwork and creating a profile there and offering services that i would do in a normal job as like hey here's the thing i could do for you for 20 right. hours at this rate per hour stuff like that so not just staying in the lane that you're in but looking at the skills you have that you can offer to someone and 
understanding where, where else you can promote those and find a way to create cash coming in the door. So there've been a handful of different directions that I've gone because I, as I'm thinking about this, I, I imagine someone listening and saying, oh, okay, Bob, Josh, that's easy for you. You have a podcast. You've been doing it for 12 years. You, you know, you've been telling people about what you do and how you do it. It's going to be easy for you to get a job. No, it's not. I can tell you after six weeks of looking, it's not that easy. Um, even with all the time that I've invested in my personal brand and our brand and everything that's going there, this is a tough market. Um, so yes, we have this, but it's still a challenge. So you have to find ways to get your offering out there in creative ways. Don't, don't just put your resume on LinkedIn or whatever tool that you like and just wait. I, I, I would agree with that. Uh, one thing we talk, it's not easy. So we're, yeah, I mean, we are where we are. But I think the the example I'm bringing out from 2000 is I made a a divest decision that I I was not going to put I was committed and I still work on that. It doesn't guarantee me job. It doesn't guarantee me revenue, but it's better than being a sole source, <laughs> being dependent on a single on a, on a single income. I, I would never want to live that that way again. The other thing I and we'll share this article I wrote. Uh, that had some ideas. But the other thing is now's the time if you're in a layoff, now's the time to reflect on savings and buffers. Uh, I'm not suggesting that you just look in a mirror and get really sad. I have no savings. That's not the point. It's what are you going to do from this point forward? And then when you get a job, et cetera, what can you do to reduce your expenses? What can you do to pay off some debts with high interest rate? What, what can you do to manage your cash flow? Uh, and you would do that if you were a business. So now part of what I'm saying is brand yourself. You, you are now a business. You are now a brand. Um, so, so look at it that way uh, and then start building that buffer. Because a lot of things I think trigger off of how, how long can you run? Like how, 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 what is my run rate to meet expenses and how long is that? And the longer it is, the more time you have to look for jobs to make a good decision, the more times you have to have multiple streams in play, uh, the more time you have to, is to get the right direction. Or if you want to pivot, like you may say, well, I can't pivot. Well, then get yourself in the position in the future so you have six months. And so if you choose to, you could you you now have a little bit of buffer to pivot. Yeah, one of the things, um, if you rewind over the past seven or eight months, you have heard a transition in how I speak that I talked about revenue that I am earning and I'm treating it like Bob says, like a business. What are the revenue streams that I have that are coming in? What are the ones that are out there that I could tap into? What are the ones that are failing? I need to just like shut down. Um, and then of course expenses and thinking that same thing. And I think not, I think, but I know firsthand that, um, Many of the folks that are out there with car loans and home loans and things like that, just call up the bank that's backing that. And they'll understand because they know what's going on in the market. As I logged into a website for a car loan that I have, at the top, it's like, hey, we know many of you are struggling. And if you need to postpone a payment for one or two months, click this button here. 
and it's at no cost. There were no fees. It wasn't anything. It just like hit a pause button and shifted everything by a couple of months. Is that exactly what I want to do? No, I want to get the thing paid off. But the frugal thing for me to do at this moment, given where things are, is to hit the pause button. And so there is help that's out there. And you'll be amazed what happens when you just ask. I, w- I would agree. I remember my son had ran into some, he had some hard times. I forget what the, the, the loan agency for his car, but they gave him, they had like a four month program. You, you had to activate it. You couldn't be frivolous with it, but, uh, and that just really, that gave him a little breath. And that's just one example, gave him a little bit of, uh, you know, sort of breathing room. Uh, but the financial pipeline stuff is that's one of the tools you want to focus on. We're not going to share you with you a spreadsheet, but do that's your job, but really start doing budgeting. I've been, I'm getting close to semi-retirement retirement. So I've been doing a lot of budgeting. I've, I did, I haven't budgeted for 25 years, right? No one in our household, you know, early in my career, I did. Then I said to hell with it. I'm making enough money. I don't need to, you know, handle a stinking budget. And now I'm getting back to this point where I, I put a budget together and it wasn't what I expected. I'm like, holy crap, I'm spending how much food am I eating? Am I eating like entire cows or something? What's going on? And, and it's so, but really start managing that pipeline. Uh, and you may think it's a standard view. You may think, you know, where you're, where things are going and what the costs are, but until you get it in, into a, an instrument, into a tool, you won't know. And then you can start doing some fine tuning. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might do some optimization. Imagine that that's even a story you can tell in an interview. I mean, you know, you might twist it a little bit, but yeah, that's taking some personal responsibility again. Well, it goes back to everything we've ever talked about, about launching things with metrics to know, hey, did we achieve our goal? What's your goal personally with your money? And then how are you actually knowing if you're getting there? Is it a lagging Absolutely. metric or is it a real-time one? You know, what are those things that you're able to do so that you can make the tweaks along the way? And I don't want to be a Debbie Downer because uh, it's going to come across like this, but there are many things stacked against us at this point, right? You think about if you're in the agile world and you hear there's 1,100 people that are out there that are fresh on the street that were probably pretty darn good, um, competition has increased. So that's an issue. Plus supply has So supply of talent has gone up. Demand of talent has gone down. So that's a, that's a difficult spot to be in. Then inflation, right? Bob talked about his food bill and everything that's there. He might not be buying more than, than he used to. It's just prices have gone up. So there's all these factors that are out there that, that can get you into a spot where you get that. Oh shit, I'm screwed. No, you're not. Right. You're a, you're a smart person. You, your job has been solving complex problems. This is one of those, this is the same thing. So apply that same rigor and intensity with, with which you attack your last 10 projects and go do the same thing here and everything's going to be just fine. Uh, so Stephen, I want to be responsive to the audience. So I think I'm a, a seven and five eights. Uh, I, I think that's the size. So it is not an eight. It and and I may be exaggerating there. I think it might be like seven and a half. Yeah, I know Josh, you're you're a full eight. 
eight plus, or as we yeah. refer to it in the hat circles, a jumbo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Steven. Uh, it, is dirt close it, it is, it is dirt close to an yeah. eight. Yeah. Yes. We, we are not cranially challenged. The Metacast, we bring a full cranium. Lots of brains, of lots of brains. I don't know about that. There could be some, <laughs> there could be some dead space there. I want to bring up something else. Oh, go ahead, Josh. Yeah. So, so just to bring in the hats and I intentionally did this. This is a t-shirt from one of the revenue streams that I've been working on for the past few months. This hat is my company where I consult and coach out of. This hat is another, let me get it, is another business that I'm starting as a production company. So based on all the knowledge and learning that we've had creating this content, I realized, holy crap, I can help people that wanna do this and make this happen. And also I have equipment. So I'm gonna rent out the space to people that wanna record a podcast here in town. So I just started to look around at all of the things that I have that I didn't recognize I could use to generate a stream of revenue and said, oh, okay, it's there. The problem became that I started to identify like 50 of them. So I had to do that old thing of like, let's build a list and let's put them in order. Yep. And I've had to MVP everything of what's the least amount of work I can do to launch this thing and see if there's actually somebody that's going to hand me money for what I'm putting out there. Just like launching a product. Absolutely. I, I want to extend this, Josh. I want to see how you react uh, because it's easier for me to say. So I'll acknowledge that up front. I, I wrote this story. We'll share it with you guys. Uh, it's on my blog, but it's, I, I think this is an opportunity. So I remember back when I was at Lucent, I didn't look at the time it was painful and it scared the crap out of me. And I, but then I started moving and taking actions. I wrote my first book then I incorporated then I started pivoting to do, to have multiple, uh, revenue streams. Like we're talking about then, uh, maintain the Mac. I was building my network then. I remember realizing, holy crap, I don't have a network. I don't have one. I mean, I know people, but I don't have a professional network. I don't remember when LinkedIn became that, but I've, I've been a long time. I've just, just incre incrementally building my, my LinkedIn network. So I, so if I look back, there's, there's a lot of things. I did public speaking. I started attacking my weaknesses. I'm like, I got to get better. I can't just be mediocre. So I, public speaking was something I worked on. Public uh, writing was something I worked on. Um, it was, it was continuous improvement and, uh, and, and all of those things, they didn't happen at one time, but that, that Genesis event for me changed the trajectory of, of where I am today. I wouldn't be here without that layoff. And so what I'm trying to say is, yes, it's a bummer. And yes, you may be unprepared for it, but can also be a defining moment in your life, a defining pivot in your life. Josh, I think. I, I mean, I look at you and, I, and you're making some of those defining pivots, pivots in your life. Yeah, this is the second time that this has happened. Uh, Pre-COVID around 2018, um, a company I was working with decided, hey, we're going to offshore and we're going to do it now. So good luck, everyone. And I went to lunch with Bob and Bob looked at me and gave me the nudge that I needed. And he said, if you don't do this now, you're never going to do it. So view this as an opportunity to do that thing you've likely always wanted to do. And it was, okay, Josh, if you don't start this company now 
and start branding yourself, it's never going to happen. So now's your moment. And he was 100% right. And I got the ball started. COVID hit that changed some things. And now COVID's over. Another challenge has walked into Josh's life. And it's that same thing of, all right, Josh, now's the time where you can choose to really put the hammer down on the stuff that you were doing and get even better at it. Or you could just roll up the white flag and go back to doing what you were doing and always be wishing and hoping you coulda, shoulda, woulda. So this is that round two for Josh. Whether it's lucky or not, I actually view it as kind of lucky of having a second chance to really refine what I'm doing. Because the first time I had Bob to guide me and I kind of knew what I was doing, but I stumbled and fumbled some things. So now round two, I've made some mistakes. I feel like I'm able to relaunch myself in a more effective manner. And that's an exciting thing for Josh. Is it scary? Yes, totally scary. But it's still an opportunity where I just look and I forecast in my brain, not in an optimistic way, but I have to paint a picture of this is going to be awesome. Because if I don't think it's going to be awesome, it it might never happen. So I I always tell, tell my kids, whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. So it's that same thing of like, I know I can do this. I know I can make it happen. Is yep. it hard? Is it frustrating? Is it scary? It's all of those things. But if I don't believe, it's never going to happen. Right. Absolutely. Another sort of thought I want to share around this, how do you maintain your calmness in this layoff chaos, is don't forget, so if you're looking for work, a lot of folks will just, I'm going to look for work, how, you know, 10 hours a day. And as the as the emotion increases and as the, you know, sort of the feelings increase, you may even focus more on that. Or if you're streaming, like Josh and I are talking about, you have multiple streams, that's great. But now you're investing eight hours per stream. Again, because you have this, oh my God, I have to do something. And yes, that's relevant. But I I think a really important point is not to lose sight of are you investing in yourself? So uh, self-care. And and self-care in this case may be even going to a, having a psychologist or having some counseling. You you may need that for self-care or just taking a walk or whatever it takes. But it's it's not just it's balance we're talking about like balancing the streams but also balancing your reaction so that you don't burn yourself out lose your perspective uh and i've done that i've done that myself i mean i've I've been laid off with four children for goodness sakes and and not a lot of money you know it, it it wasn't the salary levels decades ago when my kids were small were not outstanding so I really was anxious. It was like, you know, the weight of my family was on my, I was the sole provider. So the weight of my family was on my shoulders. Um, And it was like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to look, looking for work is going to be my next job. And I was a workaholic. Well, then I burned myself out looking, (laughs) looking for work. So, so balance, I think is a key. Josh, any, anything to share there? 100%. That's something that I've struggled with is, um, after the divorce happened, I went into this workaholic like mindset where that's how I distracted myself from everything that was going on. It was a it was a thing I could do that made me happy. It was challenging and it made me forget about things going on in life. I've felt myself over the past 
six weeks fall into that same trap. And just as I was walking in here, I've got a new dog and she was laying on the couch and she, and she gave me those puppy eyes. And I'm like, oh man, you know, it was like a shot to the heart. So I was like, okay, tonight we'll sit down. I won't be on the computer. We'll watch a movie. You'll fall asleep. Everything will be great. We'll both be happy. You know, it's just things like that, that I haven't done over the past three or four weeks as I work to find that next gig or job and work to diversify the revenue streams that are coming in. That's been something that, again, because as a single parent, there's like, there's no other stream of revenue that's coming in if I don't create it. So I have three, three kids and there's all kinds of things going on. And oh, by the way, we had a family trip to Disney World in the middle of this. And like, I, I couldn't cancel that. So I'm like, well, shit, you know, I guess we're going to do this and spend a lot of money. And I'm going to have a reduced opportunity to invest in the things that I'm trying to make happen. But I worked really hard over that week to shove all of this behind me and be there with my family, be there with my kids and enjoy the moment. I could have, and I have in the past, ruined vacations by not leaving work behind. And I'm not great at it, but I'm better at it now than I was before. But there's little things like that, that you've got to be able to shut your brain off and just let it relax. And again, it's easy for us to say it takes a yeah. lot of work, which I know very much. It's a, it's a real challenge. But if you don't focus on it, if you don't think about it, like Bob is telling us to, it's not going to happen and it's going to get out of control. So at least have it in the front of your mind, at least try give it everything you have and it won't be perfect, but that's okay. But you're at least planning. All right. I'm not going to let this get out of control. It might be kind of out of control, but not fully out of control. Well, and, and, and handle some of the, there's all this noise out there. Like the capital one to me, the capital one news created a, you know, social media has this opportunity to create all of this sort of churn and if you're just sitting there looking at it, some people are reacting and saying, oh, my God, the agile jobs are going away. Now what do I have to do? So I, I think what you have to do is like like sort of put on some blinders or put on some filters and take stuff like that with a grain of salt. You're going to hear you're going to hear negative things. There's also a lot of agile. A lot of people are finding new jobs in the agile community. I'm not saying it's easy, but it's not the demise. I think I think culture the culture today maybe with social media is folks overreact they overreact negatively they overreact positively sometimes so be aware of that and balance yourself I don't think agile is going away what I do think though from a pivoting metacasters from a pivot point of view is work on yourself I think if you're lazy and you're like you want to so if you want to be handed agile roles and you don't want to do any learning and you don't want to read any books and it's just like and you're going to stay the same for 20 years then then you're you're in trouble from my point of view that's not yeah you will you will have trouble finding work if on the other hand i mean you're one of our listeners you're 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 god listen look, look at the will you have to put up with me and get value for, go through me to get value from josh so so you're listening and you're growing and you're learning. There's going to be jobs for people like us. There's going to be jobs for people who are continuously sharpening their saw. Josh doesn't brag about it, but that's what he does, right? He's, 
he, he's not complacent. He's not just, he's not complacent about looking for opportunities and revenue streams. He's also not complacent about improving Josh Anderson, right? Just doesn't, he doesn't run it up the flagpole all the time. So it's a, that part of that mindset is going to carry you. It, it really is going to carry you if you use this as that pivot to change even your style, do some self-reflection. Yeah, there's, there's things I've been doing as I've been looking at the industry that's going on where I've been investing and in learning as one of those things that Bob has said in the blog that we'll post and what Bob has said here on this, this, this episode, but, and this is controversial between Bob and I, uh, I've been using AI to do a lot of work for me. And not only is it doing the work for me, but I'm learning how to use that and how to maximize it and what it's good for, what it's not. So that's a skill that I can start to bring to the jobs and the customers I'm going to be working with where I can help them take shortcuts that are effective and allow them to focus on other things because there were all these things I wanted to do that I wasn't great at. Uh, Writing blogs is one of those things. Bob is good at it. Bob has an idea and a blog's out in 30 seconds. And the number of times that you listen to this and Bob will say, oh, I wrote a blog about that right? Like 90% of the things that we've ever talked about, Bob has written a blog about it. And those are his words, makes sense. It's Bob. I tried it. I'm not great at it, but I know that's a way to get your content out there and attract users during searches on Google and things like that. So I've invested in getting that to help me create content so that I show up when the time is needed so that I'm there when somebody's looking for someone or something that I can offer. If I don't get that problem solved, I'm never going to show up besides me shouting into a microphone um, and hoping the right people show up at the right time. Like that's not a responsible thing for me to do. So I've been learning a ton about how that works, how it doesn't work, what it's good for, what it's not. And then trying to apply it for the use cases that I have here that will help me accelerate some of those revenue streams that I'm working on to make a reality. Have we landed this, Josh? I'm trying to, th- is anything from your side? Cause you're living this. If, if we missed anything that's important to you. Uh, the things that there's a couple things I want to hit on. Number one, ask, ask people, talk to your friends talk to former co-workers put yourself out there and say i could use a little help and i guarantee you'll get more help than you expected most people out there i think pretty much all all people are good people at their core and they want to help someone especially someone that's helped them in the past also we talked about the network this is one of those moments where investing in a relationship with a recruiting account manager or company or team pays off because now the table's turned and you've worked with them. You've invested time with them. They know how you think. They know how you work. You can call them and say, hey, bad stuff has happened. You got any ideas or any thoughts? And they might not have something right away, but you're in You're in their brain. And when they're talking to customers, your name's going to pop up first. I'm going to say, oh, I can help this person. And that is a reality that I have going on now. There's three people that I trust really, really well in that space that I've talked to 
and none of them had anything magical just waiting for me, but they've all said, I've got a conversation with a customer in the next week or so where I think there might be a fit there. So let me get back to you. I'm going to go talk to them and figure out whether it's real or not. I hope it is, but it might not be, but at least there's a thing there. And then also as they're talking to different people or peers, anything like that, and there's a, there's a click of, oh, this could be right for Josh. Now it's not just me working on it. So I have enlisted friends and colleagues that know me and understand what I'm looking for to help me find this job. But that is a direct result of the time I invested in the past decade or so. So if you haven't invested in that relationship, like, like, like we've talked about, this is one of those moments where it's validated the difference that it makes. So this, again, with some of that time that you have, invest there. Absolutely. While we're allocating the time, that I think the final point I'd like to land with, and it goes back, what do you do with all the spare time you have? And I'm just, I'm just kidding. So, um, and I would say help others and we haven't been directly. So I believe that the universe pays us back for how we show up. I'm not trying to give you a spiritual belief. I'm just talking, I've seen this in myself. When I coach or mentor others, I get a, I get a reciprocal payback, not monetary. It's one of the reasons why I do a lot of pro bono coaching. My skills, I learn skills, et cetera. So I'm helping others, which helps me. This is a time, and it may be counterintuitive and uncomfortable, but now is a time where you have to find a job. And you and now you have multiple streams. And then, damn it, Bob and, and Josh talked about self-care, et cetera, and investing in yourself. And, and you, when you're doing the, the pie chart, you're like, holy, there's no time left. So now, what are you doing, Bob Galen, you crazy man? You're giving me something else to do. And, and I am. I'm saying, like, in your job searching, maybe help a few other, give other people a hand in their job search. So if you see a job and you're not, are you thinking about other people and pinging them and helping them? Are you giving back? Because I, what I, what I, I posit and maybe run this experiment to the degree that you do a bit of that, I think it's going to benefit your search. Yep. Uh, yeah. So the, help the, others. Yeah. The, the, the most direct question to ask is if you know somebody that is in the same spot, reach out to them. Or if you have a friend that reaches out or does something, <sighs> just ask, what can I do to help? And they might be caught off guard, but they're going to respond. And that, again, interestingly enough, two people attacking the same problem, there might be some good ideas that come from just the discussion that the two of you have on how you're going to help this person. It might be a light bulb that goes off in your brain. I'm like, Ooh, I'm going to try this. Maybe that's a good idea for me too. So again, it's just doing good never ends up bad. Yep. Yep. I mean, I've Josh, you and I, I, I yeah. usually quite often I ask you, how's it going? Particularly when I know you're going through some turbulent times. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been times historically where maybe I've connected you with someone on a network or something yeah. like that. I, I don't, but, but again, that's that, that, that's that duality of our mindset, everyone. Uh, it's really, that's part of the, your networking, building your network. That's part of helping other folks. So think, keep that in the back of your mind and look for those. You have to look for those opportunities. They're not going to smack you in the face. Yep. You have to work. You have to do some work. I think we've landed it. I feel good about this. I do feel good. I want everyone to read the article I wrote. 
Uh, and I talk about giving back as well in there. So it's, it's a, it's just, it's not a great article. It's not the, it's not prose. I wrote it because I saw all this turbulence, this layoff chaos. And my heart went out to people because I know I tell us, I mean, I personally know how hard this is. So I wanted to try to provide some ideation and some, some guidance. And I think this is the Medicast is the culmination of that. So, Hey, so, Hey, Josh. Hey, Bob. I think stick a fork in it. Yeah, so big one. from from beautiful downtown Cary, North Carolina. And equally beautiful downtown Fuquaverina, North Carolina. It is. I'm Bob Galen. And I'm Josh Anderson. Shake. And bake. Take care, y'all. <laughs>